Hi, hello, and welcome to K Out and About, the podcast about my random travel occurrences. This is season one, episode 13. Few things you might want to know about the canyon. I know the first season is mainly about moving and living abroad, but I thought I'll tell you some practical things about the canyon. It is an exceptional place in the end, and maybe you would want to go. If you're a fan of big landscapes and you enjoy hiking, um, there's one thing you need to know, and I'm sure pretty much everybody knows that um, already. One day is definitely not enough. Um, actually, one day is never enough, even if we're talking um, about, it doesn't matter what kind of tourist you are. Um, if we're talking about the canyon, it's never enough. And I'll get to that in a sec. Um, first thing you notice when you get uh, to the canyon are the omnipresent deer. So cute, so many, so everywhere. I did put uh, a pic on Instagram a couple of weeks ago with the deer and there's a Maswick Lodge in the background. Another animal that initially can seem cute but soon uh, will become an annoyance um, It's the chipmunks. And they are annoying because they steal your food. All kinds of food. They basically live off whatever is sold in the ice cream shop and whatever you bring. I saw one of them once grab an entire hot dog out of some kids' hands. I mean, they are the size of a hot dog. Anyway, you got to be careful with your food as uh, you might lose it in a second. And you should bring food with you in any case for reasons I will mention later. One more animal is after your food. Although I think as a tourist, you might not see one of them at all. Um, I only got to see them about three times, uh, one of which was inside our cabin. I'm talking about skunks. There may be, um, I don't know, the, they dig in the trash, basically. So they're, they're after the food that, that you threw away. Um, and what happened was, I was actually asleep when the, skunk, uh, when the skunk got in. I'm not sure how. The door was a bit open to let some fresh air in. Um, and I guess he or she squeezed in or just, I don't know, pushed it or open. I don't know. And maybe we had something smelly in the trash. I was sleeping on top of a bunk bed um, and woke up to a weird noise. And because I was on top of a bunk bed, I couldn't see what it was. And I was just also too lazy to get down. Plus, in that moment, uh, my roommate came in, not Ivana, um, another one. And she started moving the furniture around um, to see what it was. Now, once she saw the skunk, instead of sort of backing off, she was trying to shoo it away. And the skunk freaked out, obviously. I kept telling her, you know, from the heights of my bunk bed, um, to give the animal some space so it can get out. Otherwise, it will spray the bloody thing inside the cabin. And it was sort of already raising the tail. So finally, she noticed, she saw that and she listened. Um, so she, she, did back, uh, she did back off and um, the skunk left happy um, and didn't spray anything. And yes, there are um, some mountain lions in the canyon and some snakes, but I think chances for a tourist seeing them are rather slim. Now, I have written uh, a little about some misconceptions people might have about the canyon on my website, and I thought I'll share them here too. Mainly 
because some of them were really funny. Um, also because we all have some kind of ideas about a place, uh, you know, which might turn out totally wrong. So um, I'll start with mine. Misconception number one. The canyon is in the middle of an empty and dry desert. No. Where the national park is, on both south and north rims, the land is covered with sort of woods. Not very thick ones, uh, but they do seem to obstruct the view. Took me a whole day to find the bloody thing. Um, And I thought you can see it from almost everywhere in the area. No, you can only see it from certain places and obviously the trail along. Um, And even the hotels are placed so strategically that, you know, the million dollar view is only possible from a handful of rooms from the El Tavar Hotel. You can imagine those nightly rides. Misconception number two. It's always hot and dry. No. The rims are more than 1,500 meters above sea level. It gets much cooler at night. And I started wearing a sweater in the evenings from, I think, from about August. While on the topic of weather, you know what else does the Grand Canyon have? A fucking monsoon season. At least that's what I was told it was called there. Um, So for about a month, or at least a few weeks, because it might have been just two or three weeks, from around two o'clock in the afternoon, it would rain, it would hail, the sky would open. Few times to a degree that you cannot see the canyon, although you're standing like right next to it. One time, um, a couple of elderly ladies came into the ice cream shop and asked me um, where the canyon was. And I was just so stumped. I felt so bad because the only thing I could say was like it was right behind you. But it was completely covered by a wall of rain. Misconception number three. It's quite big. No, it's fucking huge. An average walking person uh, would walk about two days from south to north rim. Um, of course, you can do it in one day, the, but that's a bit hardcore for me, and you know it gets really steep. Um, and it, I think in the widest bit, um, it's about thirty kilometers. Um, and now it's time for other people's misconceptions. The donkey will carry you down and back up, no matter how much you weigh. No. If you're over a certain amount of kilograms, the organizers will refuse to take you in the name of the poor donkeys. Our friend Mikoai worked at the uh, tour organizing desk and he would tell us stories about having to refuse people the donkey ride because of their size. Sad and hilarious at the same time. Um, It was mainly due to people's reactions to the information that it was funny. Like they would fight over like two pounds. Like, oh my God, it's just two pounds. Like, no, you're fucking hundred kilograms. You're heavier than the donkey. The next one was that you don't have to hike down the canyon because there is a bus that will take you down to the river. No, no bus, no road. Uh, of, of course, except for the trail. Oh, and uh, no lift either. Cause yes, people asked about that too. Another one. Um, the canyon's brightly lit at night, so you can admire the view. No, there aren't lamps strong enough to lit space, to lit up a space of that size. Um, and those are the only uh, ones I remember. They, there were probably many more, and um, yeah, imagine what else is out there. So I mentioned before that one day wasn't enough. In my opinion, 
paying hundreds of dollars to fly over from Vegas to Tucson or to take the Grand Canyon Railway to the village to visit the place for a few hours before having to go back because that's the tour that you're on. It is a waste of money. Although I do get it that sometimes that's the only way for people to see it. First of all, you have to keep in mind that you're one of thousands visiting on that day. There are people everywhere. There are queues everywhere in the restaurants, in the gift shop, toilets, coffee shops, bus stops. When I worked as a hostess at one of the restaurants for a very brief time, it was beyond my understanding why people would queue for a seat in the, in the restaurant for over an hour and then spend an hour eating while the canyon is right up there. Um, and same thing in our ice cream shop. I mean, you could easily spend half an hour just queuing for a hot dog. Uh, bring some food with you um, and you already gained some peace of mind and time to walk a bit further out in order to enjoy the view and a little bit, you know, of quiet time. Definitely worth it. Now, the canyon looks different from every angle, and you can spend hours just admiring it from the main path that goes along um, the rim trail. Uh, if you're in the center of the village, near the Bright Angel and Kachina Lodges, you can start venturing down on the Bright Angel Trail, which I mentioned in the previous episode. And I'll say it again, it is pretty steep on the way back. Um, it is also the busiest trail. Um, if you have enough time, you could uh, venture out to the uh, plateau point. I don't remember how many hours it takes to, to get there, um, but you do get an amazing view from there, sort of back to the top and down on the river. You're not really halfway there, but uh, still, like you, you get a little bit of the adventure. Now, of course, the crowds very much depend on the season. So June, July, August... People, people, people. September and October, they were already so much better. We even sort of shortened the um, opening times for our ice cream shop because there was no um, sense to opening it. Uh, I think it was like 8 a.m. Now, if you just want to uh, go along the rim trail, there are few places less frequently visited by the crowds, although far from empty. Um, Yavapai and Mother Points, uh, they're just a walk away from the madness. Um, I would also recommend Hermit's Rest and the Desert View Watchtower, but you do need a car to get there, although I think the village bus would take you there also. Basically, what I'm trying to say is get away from the crowds, take a little walk. Now, speaking of trails, all of them are sort of um, stupid proof. Not that I had much experience in hiking, but in many places the paths were even paved. And that just not in not just in the Grand Canyon, like in the other places that we visited. And there were clear signs, like you couldn't get lost if even if you wanted to. At the beginning, I couldn't understand why. I mean, okay, it's kind of helpful, especially for someone so inexperienced in hiking like me. But I only fully understood the um, effort in making them super safe, so super safe, during my second visit in the States. People can be endlessly stupid. I witnessed a person on a wheelchair getting on an escalator. They were rushing to the slot machines in the geriatric races um, I told you about a few episodes ago. And uh, they got on the wheelchair on the escalator because there was no sign that they shouldn't. 
Part of this, of course, is the culture of suing everyone for everything. The other part is, uh, hmm, how do I put it, total lack of imagination. Um, of course, you do hear about people getting lost in the desert, etc. However, most of these cases, they happen outside of national parks and definitely off trail. Because then, yes, then it's the wild. Uh, think about the guy from 127 Hours. Um, like... If you've seen the movie, you know that that guy, that guy would have avoided any marked trails as much as possible because otherwise it wouldn't have been an adventure, which, you know, I kind of get it. But, you know, 127 hours. Now, for those of you of a bit morbid uh, inclination, there was actually a book in the gift shop about the suicides in Grand Canyon. Now, contrary to what many believe... It's not that easy to commit suicide there. Um, a lot of attempts end up with crippling injuries. Um, and I'll be blunt, mainly because there are not many places you can just jump off uh, a cliff, like in a straight line to the bottom. You kind of just tumble down the hill and you get injured or, or crippled. Um, we didn't really witness uh, many of those words, uh, but um, people, when they get on the trails, uh, sometimes they get into trouble because of um, dehydration. Like, they don't realize that it's much cooler on the top than a few hundred meters lower, and they underestimate the amount of water um, they should have with them. Um, getting rescued in the canyon is a costly adventure. Uh, and most of you know the, how the healthcare works, or rather doesn't work in the States. If something happens to you while you're hiking or, you know, in the attempt of, um, you know, a suicide when you're trying to jump, uh, they have to call a helicopter uh, to get you out and then transport you to a hospital, uh, which is, of course, nowhere near the canyon. Those bills go into thousands of dollars. Um, at the time when I was there, it was, I think, three grand. I'm guessing it's a lot more now. While on the topic of money, um, you don't necessarily have to splurge for the expensive hotels in order to stay uh, a night or two. On one hand, you can stay at the trailer park village, um, but even Flagstaff or Tucson there, you know, if you have a car. On the other hand, you can befriend one of the employees and they just might let you sleep on the floor in their cabins. Um, at least that's what we used to do. I mean, I don't remember how many people exactly slept on our floor, uh, during the four months I was working there, I do remember at least three. Um, I'm, I'm sure there have been more. Oh, and I do need to tell you about this amazing thing that happens, I think, around mid-September. Might have been beginning of October. Actually, yeah, might, might have been closer to October. Basically, as I said, there are two sides to the canyon, the north and the south rim. Um, and I, as I said, I think in the widest place, they're about 30 kilometers apart. And when the thunderstorm season comes to the north... You can watch it from the south. Um, you can't hear it. You can just see the lightning along the sky. And there's a lot of it. As if like the whole horizon was just one lightning after another. None of us had a camera that could catch it. Uh, we would just, you know, sit in the evenings with a beer and, you know, watch the spectacle. Um, there is apparently also a see-through bridge now that goes over the Colorado River. But that's not part of the National Park um, I think that would be in one of the reservations, and I think it might have been Hopi Reservation. Might be somewhere close to the Havasu Falls. I, I might be wrong. I mean, they've started building it uh, long after, you know, I was gone. 
Um, I don't think Grand Canyon is a place you can just go briefly and see for a couple of hours. If you're going, plan it well and, you know, don't risk a way, way too short in and out. I mean, it's, it's just too beautiful. That's pretty much it about the US now. Um, if I remember something worth mentioning, I will record it. Well, we'll see. Uh, in the meantime, Easter is coming. So happy Easter, or as we say it in Poland, tasty eggs and happy bunny. Um, for the following few episodes, I have a special guest whose story I think will totally amaze you. We will start with the episode titled uh, From Damascus to Oxia. Thanks for listening and until next time.